TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. The scoop. It's The Scoop with Doogie. Hello, Scoop Podcast faithful. This is episode 235. We're going to go very specific here. We've been talking NBA draft the last handful of episodes. We're going to go a deep dive on Sekou Dumboya. We've heard his name multiple times. We had Fran Fraschilla on the podcast a couple weeks ago. We had Cole Zwicker on within the last week. We've heard a lot about Dumboya, but nobody knows more about Dumboya than one of his teammates. He's nice enough to join us in studio. He's just back from playing in France. He's former Benilde St. Margaret's guard. He was Mr. Basketball in Minnesota. He won state championship at Benilde St. Margaret's, had an illustrious career at the University of Wisconsin, all-conference in the Big Ten, one of the better guards in Badgers basketball history, and he's jumped all around. I mean, since his illustrious college career, he's been all around overseas, where Turkey, Germany, I mentioned Israel, France, Israel. He is Jordan Taylor, no, not the Vikings wide receiver, Jordan (laughs) Taylor, the basketball player, nice enough to join us in studio. Jordan, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. All right, so just lay out. I mean, I just said all these countries you've played in, and most recently in France, just back within the last seven to ten days. But just lay it out. I mean, a lot of people might remember you just only from Madison, from the University of Wisconsin. Just take the audience through where you've been the last handful of years. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting to that age now where people kind of forget you play basketball, like you said. <laughs> I was getting tagged on, on Instagram uh, when Jordan Taylor signed here with the Vikings. <laughs> so I think there's a there's a softball pitcher from Michigan who I think uh, was pretty good too, Jordan Taylor. But, um, but yeah, no, after, like you said, all-conference, all-American at Wisconsin, uh, went through the draft process, uh, summer league, uh, training camp wrap with the Raptors, um, and then I went to Italy, had a hip surgery uh, after my second year in Italy, uh, played with Trevor Mbakwe uh, out there mm-hmm. in Italy, um, came back from my first hip surgery to Israel, played in Israel, Germany, had another hip surgery, and then since then came back to Turkey. Was it? No, went back to Israel again, uh, Turkey, Istanbul, and this past year in France with Sekou in Lamos, So I mean, geez, I mean, you think about some of the countries you've played in. I mean, Turkey, yeah, you know, with some of the security <laughs> issues over there, Israel, yeah. right? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just from a lifestyle standpoint, what was that like? It was n- the complete opposite of what I thought it was going to be, and I think what most people get, or most people think it is. Um, Istanbul actually had the ban the first two months I was there. The travel ban. Um, I think I can't remember exactly what happened, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Istanbul is amazing. It's like 16 million people. Um, food. They got five guys over there. They got Shake Shack over there. Nice. They got uh, they got everything. It's I mean it's it's Americanized. Obviously not America, but it's Americanized. And then like a place like Tel Aviv is like Miami. I got there and I was I went there right in, first time in 2014 after uh, a conflict had ended with Gaza. And I was kind of nervous, wasn't sure about the food, wasn't sure what was going to be going on. And got there and palm trees or whatever they are. And it was like, honestly, like a paid vacation in Israel. So it was on the beach a lot. <laughs> and all expenses, I, I mean, do these teams take care of everything? Housing? Yeah, housing. You know, whether it's a vehicle or transportation? Housing, car, um, everything. You don't, I mean, you pretty much are only paying for food. And then obviously you have your salary. And it's nice the way it's set up. Um, they pay your taxes for you, so you get a tax credit mm. with it. So that that's part of the incentive of playing overseas. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean it's good. You miss home, but I've had great experience. I've been lucky. To, I've been lucky to be in all big cities too. So that that definitely makes it a lot better. 
And, I mean, they put you in the best housing possible. I mean, in terms of security, I mean, they always have an eye on you. Yeah, it depends on the team you play for. (laughs) If you're playing on a bigger team. I've played on some bigger teams. I've played on a smaller team. Um, Bigger teams, the housing is going to be nicer. Security really isn't necessary in any of the places. uh, There's really no threat. Um, Like I said, the conflict in Israel was maybe two and a half hours away, three hours away, but you don't. You don't feel it at all. What's crazy is the first day I got there, I met a guy at a restaurant, and he was taking a picture, and he's laughing in the picture, he's smiling in the picture, mm-hmm. and you could see the missiles colliding over his head, and there's like oh, a, wow. and like it's, I don't know if it's just normalized, or yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is, but it's not seen as, um, they don't, there's, there's no, they don't feel any threat really, and there's no kind of sense of urgency or panic or anything like that. They're just living just like we are here, so. And then what about medical care? I mean, you're laying out that you've had multiple hip surgeries. Yeah, yeah, I've had a, a two, and I've had six surgeries in seven years. So, it's been, yeah, I had a lot of, since my. So, did you come back here then for the surgery? I had all my surgeries here. Well, I had a, a, one of them right after my junior year, and then one right after my senior year of college. So, those two are here, and then the two hip surgeries I had with at TCO with Chris Larson, who's the Vikings sure. doctor. Absolutely. Yeah. And he probably has saved my career because I don't know if anybody else could have could have done it so well. Um, and and he's amazing, and he's taking care of me to this day. Still, texts me from time to time, checking in on me. So I owe, I owe a lot to him for sure. So you're 29 years old. Yeah. I mean, is the idea that you'll continue to play here for a handful of years? Uh, I'm, to be honest, I've retired about three times. I came back like Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> came back like Jordan three different not, three different times, like Jordan in the. Jordan wearing sixty nine, not even forty five. But it's a, I'm a. I had a good year this year. I, I felt the best I had in maybe like six, seven years, and had a good year. And I just signed with the Euroleague team, um, which is considered to be the second best league in the M, uh, to the NBA. So that's exciting for me to be able to battle through all those injuries and and come back like that. So. Had you played in that league previously, like the team in Turkey? I've had. What's the level of competition? I guess. I mean, when you're saying you've played in Israel and Germany, yeah, and yeah, Turkey and France. I mean, what's the level of competition? So each each country has a domestic league, and there's probably like in Europe, there's probably like seven seven countries that are competitive. Like I say, Israel, Germany, Turkey, France, uh, Russia, um, Spain is probably the best. Italy and Greece, right? So um, you have each domestic league, and then you have a Euro Cup which is probably the second best league in Europe and then you have Euro League which is the top league in Europe and you see a lot of see a lot of NBA guys coming from Euro League and going back and forth and some Euro mm-hmm. Cup um and then you have some other ones like European Challenge but I've I had offers in Euro League every time I've had offers three different seasons in Euro League and I've had to have surgery and <laughs> I couldn't go over there so it's it's somewhat satisfying obviously the goal as a kid was to play in the NBA um, but it's satisfying to, to you know to reach a high level through through all the surgeries and injuries. I mean, was it at least satisfying? I mean, you played what a couple times in summer league. I mean, you did. I mean, I guess if you boil it down, you did wear an NBA jersey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At least, I mean, was that part of your dream? At least somewhat satisfied. Actually, no. It's actually it's actually frustrating to be honest because yeah. it's like because you're so close. You're so close, and you know, I had an opportunity maybe to leave after my junior year, like I mentioned to you, and I uh, came back, ended up getting injured, which is okay. It's part of the game, like, but you know, sometimes it's frustrating, especially now um, hearing. Hearing, you know, people say certain things, and you're like, oh, man, I could have, could have, would have, should have. But 
that's you know you, you come to terms with it and you just keep working hard and uh you know you do what you can it's, it is what it is i mean is there regret i mean okay so junior year yeah with the badgers did you guys go to the sweet 16 sweet 16 yeah sweet 16 right, and, and lost were you all conference i was an all-american all-american yeah, okay so I was an all- yeah, I was so you accomplished second. everything really on an individual level you yeah. could have accomplished i mean team wise yeah i mean yeah. all the success prior but Continuing that great tradition there in Madison. Yeah. I mean, what was that like? I mean, is there a regret that, that you didn't go pro after your junior year? Um, not. It's it's hard to say because, again, even if you leave, like uh, we were talking about earlier um, or off air, even if you leave, there's no guarantee that you're going to get drafted. Correct. And I can sit here and say that I was going to, but at the end of the day, you never really know. And that was a lockout year as well, so it was kind of a – that went into the decision. I, w- I wouldn't say there's regret – Maybe a disappointment sometimes, but you know everything works out for a reason, and I, you know, I'm I'm happy, I'm good, I'm still playing basketball. Um, obviously, wish I could have played in the NBA, but I wouldn't say regret. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, think about all the people that would love to be in your shoes, right? Right. right. I mean, 100%. you've been able to play basketball and 100%. make a really good living, hundred percent. Even if it happens to be in another country, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. just you know, do you think about that often? That there are so many people that wish. They were in your position. You know, I think about my first year overseas. I was very, I was very frustrated, and I was like, I should be in the NBA, yada yada yada. Like, and you learn really quick that there are so many guys that could have that same story, and you start to appreciate, you know, the fact that you're still playing. You know, obviously outside of basketball, a lot of great things, your family, friends, all that. But as far in terms of basketball, you understand that. A lot of a lot of the stuff is situational. It's timing. It's all that, and um, you know, you just you actually learn to appreciate the game more. I'd say, and just how many people have talent. Because I think a lot of people they think of the NBA, they think of LeBron James, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry. In reality, ninety five percent, ninety percent of guys are, you know, Isaiah Ish Smith or you know Tyus Jones, guys who are really really good at basketball. And it's just it's hard to. It's hard to crack that. I have a teammate, John Moore, who's making a ton of money, and he's one of the best players I've ever played with, talent-wise. And he didn't he didn't play this year that much. Part of it because of injury, but it just goes to it made me realize like how how much talent there is, and you know, kind of humbles you in a way. I mean, I've always thought there are more NBA players than there are jobs available. Definitely. Right. I mean. Definitely. I mean, there's endless examples. You know, but, like, even think about this year's draft. I mean, we were talking off air about Amir Coffey. Right. I think Amir has legitimate NBA talent. I do. Yeah. Now, maybe I'm biased. I mean, I've been covering him since he was, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. six feet, not yeah. six feet eight, six feet nine. I've known him forever, known the right. family forever. But I think there's, like, legitimate NBA talent there. Yeah. needs to be developed more. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. like, I think one day Amir Coffey is absolutely an NBA player. Or Jordan Murphy, former gopher Jordan absolutely. Murphy. Absolutely. Now, at six feet, six and a half, it's hard because he never really developed an outside shot. But, like, one of the all-time, statistically, one of the all-time great players in Big Ten history. And realistically, Jordan, I mean, it's going to be, he's going to fight, he's going to try. But realistically, Jordan Murphy may never play in the NBA. I just, I do, I think whether it's over in Europe or in China or any any number of places in this world – I just think there's so many players that, that legitimately could play in the NBA, and there's just not enough roster spots. hundred uh, percent, I agree. It's uh, Jordan Murphy. When I watch him, I always think of Trev Mbakwe, yeah. who's one of my that's like family. Mm-hmm. And Trev, one year was I think projected to go in like the top twenty, 
tore his ACL. Next thing you know, he's not getting drafted. So it's just, it's definitely, I, I agree with you. And Amir, I think in the right situation, could end up, maybe he's maybe he turns into an all-star. I mean, it's probably unlikely, but I think Draymond Green had a quote the other day talking about if, you know, if a, the power forward position or whatever it was hadn't expanded or changed, he might not be in the NBA or he might have slid out of the NBA. And now he's a Hall of Famer. So the margin of error is just it's just so thin and there's there's uh it's it's tough. It's tough, but you know, I think like I said, it makes you grateful for to be able to play and humbles you and also makes you appreciate how good some of these other dudes are. Like it's like for to watch LeBron do what he's doing for sixteen years and Steph Curry at six three dropping dang near fifty in the finals against like golly, like, like how good are these dudes? And even the guys who don't play as well, like I said, John Luer. I know how good he is, and if he's not touching the floor sometimes, like, shoot. <laughs> like, golly. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people know John just from Orono, right. and yeah, right. teammates with you at the University of Wisconsin. Yeah, thankfully for him, he had free agency the perfect summer when the cap yeah. spiked, and he signs the, what, four-year, 40-something million dollar deal with Detroit. But you're right, I mean, coaching change there. Dwayne Casey comes in, and yeah, you know, fighting some some health issues, and yeah, he barely plays. Yeah, and that, to that free agency uh, summer, I lived across the hall from John that summer, and I, I don't live across the hall from John anymore. So he, just, <laughs> or he, he came over right before he signed, and we were talking, and it was just, uh, he went, I think he went to, I, I hope he doesn't mind me telling the story, yeah. but he went out to eat with uh, Stan, I think was in town. Yeah, and Stan I'll, never, yeah, and I'll yeah. never forget being on the lake uh, with my friends. And, uh, lake Minnetonka? Lake Minnetonka, okay. yeah, and... Uh, I got the ESPN alert. John Lewis signs for four. I almost fell off the boat. I was man. I was I was ecstatic. Like I could. I was almost in disbelief, and I was like, "Dang! Like that's that's awesome." So, and yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody deserves it more than John. Like he works harder than anybody I know for real. So it was, and it, yeah, it was amazing. So who else? Anybody else NBA wise you play with at Wisconsin? Or how about your high school class? Was Cole Aldrich in your high school class? Cole Aldrich. He, he was in John and Blake and them. He was with them 07. I was okay. 08. So you, yeah, so. you're one year younger. Yeah. So you won Mr. Basketball. Who'd you beat out for Mr. Basketball? Uh, Anthony Tucker, who's another guy who's, he was uh, like second leading scorer in the Big Ten as a freshman or freshman score. Got in a little bit of trouble, unfortunately. And he's he's really good playing. But uh, yeah, Anthony Tucker. Um, Michael Floyd, who was, uh, was on right. there. Yeah. yeah, Cody Schilling was in there. I mm-hmm. um, can't remember the fifth guy. It might have been Jared Berggren. Maybe not. Yeah, who? Yeah, who's a Wisconsin guy. Did you guy. play with him at Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, Jared's one of my good friends. Played with, known him since I was 15. So Okay, and then how about yeah. who else was on your Wisconsin teams? Oh, man. that Like Keaton Nankaville would have been, he was a Madison guy. He was in John's class. Frank Kaminsky was a freshman when I was a senior. And then I had like Josh Gasser and Ben Bruss were two years younger. Um, John obviously. Uh, Mike Bruzewitz was on. He was sure. a year younger than me. Yeah, went to my high school. Henry yeah, Sibley. yep, yep, exactly. So Ryan Evans, flat top Ryan Evans, yeah. <laughs> shoot the jump shot at the free throw line. <laughs> Did you see the brilliance of Kaminsky when he was a freshman? You or know, the potential of brilliance. Uh, I would have, if someone would have said he would have won National Player of the Year and gone in the top 10, I would have said no. <laughs> but I would say he had a really soft touch, and you could tell he had he could play the game from an early age. It's just hard. I wouldn't bet on that's, – that's a hard thing to do, to win National Player of the Year. Like, I don't know that I would bet on 
some of the best players. I wouldn't bet, I wouldn't have bet on R.J. Barrett this year to do that. So it's what what he did was unbelievable, and. I was one of the guys, I think uh, I was telling Frank he should leave when he was all first team, all Big Ten junior year. Mm-hmm. He's on the draft board. I think I was in his year like, oh, man, from my experience, like, you got to get out. Like, you got you to go. You got to go. <laughs> he was like, nah. And he came back and, man, almost. I mean, he made history and they were five minutes away from doing something that, you know, winning a national championship and doing something that I don't know. Next time it'll happen at Wisconsin, hopefully soon. But yeah, I mean, Tyus Jones's fault, right? Yeah, Tyus Jones. Yeah, Tyus was flopping. Tyus you t- yeah, Ty- yeah, Tyus was out there flopping. Him and Grayson Allen, man, I tell Tyus that to this day, <laughs> out there throwing his head back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was no. one heck of a championship game. Uh, man, I was up. Till, and Duke hadn't really been challenged until that game. Yeah, they were blowing teams out. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, I mean, that was an epic national championship game. Tyus Okafer, yeah, Grayson Allen, Justice Winslow. Badgers. Yep, yep, Justice Winslow. Yeah, that's, Winslow. Sam Decker, Nigel Hayes. There's a lot of Bronson Koenig. There's a lot of good players in that in that game. And uh, Tyus was unbelievable down the stretch. Unfortunately, and fortunately, but <laughs> it was uh, no. It was a great game. It was a great game. I stayed up to like 7:30 a.m. in Israel watching that one. So it was good. All right. So back to your time over in Europe. So Israel and France and Turkey. Like, and we're talking about there's more talented players than there are NBA jobs. So like, how many guys have you gone against the last handful of years where you're like? Holy cow! Like this guy, this guy is good enough to play in the NBA. Well, oh, man, I think I've had I had a teammate my first year, Gigi Dutome, who came won MVP in Italy. Was on we went to the finals and he went straight to Detroit. I think that year, mm-hmm. um, I had a teammate who played with me in Israel, and Israel's probably the lowest level team I played on. And he actually Draymond Green replaced him in Golden State, similar type of player. Like a, his name's Dominic McGuire. So I don't know if you're familiar with that name. He went to Fresno. Vaguely rings a bell. Yeah. You're testing my basketball knowledge. Yeah. yeah. yeah vaguely rings a bell. Yeah. So them, um, I'm trying to think who would uh, – I think off the top, there's there's a lot of good players. I can't think of one right off. Pierre Jackson is a guy who I think – Baylor should, kid, right? Baylor kid. Yeah. is a He's a buck, walking bucket, and he's just small. He's played in the NBA, but to be honest, I think he's probably better than some guards playing in the NBA right now talent-wise, but – yeah, he just for whatever reason just hasn't cracked it. Um, but man, there's there's too many. And Jordan Crawford is a guy that we played against over there. Yeah, really from Xavier, right? Yeah, yeah. He's had a cup of coffee in the NBA. Yeah, but that's yeah. just it's another example of it's really hard to stick. Exactly, exactly. It's it's almost it's very it's very it's very hard to stick. Yeah. How I, much of it has it changed though since since you went through the pre draft process to now like with two way contracts with with just more of an opportunity in the G League. I mean, just about. I think maybe it's just Portland that yeah. doesn't have a G League team. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and you at least stateside, I mean, the development side of things, it's changed even in the last, you know, heck, I mean, you come out of Wisconsin, what, 2011, 2012. I mean, yeah. even just in the last six, seven years, it's changed a lot. Yeah, I think it changed the decision-making process for, for kids coming out. Like, I would have for sure taken a two-way contract if it was available at the time rather than go overseas. You know, it allows you to develop, allows you to be in front of NBA teams for a full year um, or two or however long you want to do it. Um, I think there's been some rule changes. I'm not too familiar, but there's been some rule changes in how you can declare and how long you can stay with your name in the process. Yeah, and it's even one of these deals now where this is the first year where, like, I'll just use Amir Coffee as an example – his agent could pay for certain things, so he hired an agent, a guy from XL Sports Management. Yeah, but he had until it was what May 29th to declare fully for the draft, keep your name in the draft, 
or go back to the U. So, like, he could have gone back to the U while during, you know, whatever it was, you know, the first three, four weeks of May when he's working out for some teams and went to Chicago for the the G League invite, hoping to gain an invite to the Combine, didn't get an invite to the Combine. But, like, the agent can pay for a lot of things. I forget specifically what, if it's airfare, hotels. right. I forget on meals, but there were certain things the agent slash agency can pay for. Right. Yet if the player wanted to go right. back to school. So like to me, if you're even just like on the borderline, why wouldn't you at least put your name through the process? Right. hundred percent. You find the right agent who's willing to foot the bill. Just yeah. go see, go get feedback. hundred percent. And I think that's, they're, they're doing, th- I don't know who's the governing body over that. If that's the NCAA, right? It it's, must be. It right? must be the NCAA. So yeah, that, that's that's how it should be. When I was coming out, I think you had the national championship was April fourth. You had to be in. You had to come decide what what you were going to do by like April twenty something. So you couldn't even. You pretty much could get some feedback, some written feedback, talk to some teams, talk to an agent, and then you had to decide. So I'm glad that they're doing that because that really it, it doesn't make sense to try and force a kid to make a decision like that very quickly. I think it's bad for, for them. I think it's bad for bad look for the NCAA. So I think it's a, it's amazing what they're doing um, in, in terms of that. Um, I think to be honest, you should, you should just let kids go all the way. If they don't get drafted, let them come back to school. I agree. Like, I don't see what the harm is in that. Um, I'm sure there is some, I, I don't really listen to them. I mean, that. some coaches might offer a little bit of resistance just with some roster uncertainty, right? Yeah. Like you're trying to one, you're wondering, do I fill that scholarship or do I not? Right. right. Like I see that with the Gophers. Right. Right. I mean, there was some uncertainty with Richard Patino. Now he had another scholarship to play with, so he's got two to play with mm. right now, but he's wondering, okay, is Amir coming back? Is he not coming back? You know, do I recruit a wing? Do I recruit another guard yeah like that balancing act and i mean maybe there's ways that you can uh you know balance that out by allowing scholarships to roll over i don't know what the rules are on that like maybe you don't have to use that scholarship this year maybe you can use it for the next class so because realistically most guys if you use that scholarship use a mere scholarship on someone for this year that guy's probably not going to contribute this year anyway right so maybe Maybe, I maybe mean, I not. Guess, I mean, but it could be a grad transfer, right? Could I mean, be. That's a new. That's a big thing. I mean, there's thing, free right. agency now in college basketball right. with all these kids as, right. as grad transfers. In fact, I think about a guy that was here in studio a couple of days ago, Reed Travis. I'm sure you yep. know Reed. Yep. Yep. And Reed was home for a little bit, and he's he's fighting a knee injury. Okay. Should be okay here in, in a couple of days. But thankfully for him, at least some teams have a book on him. Yeah. Because he went through the pre-draft process a year ago, ended up working out for the Warriors, worked out for the Timberwolves, a yep. few other teams. So some teams have a book on him. Now, if I remember, though, he couldn't even have an agent. I think he had to pay his own way. And I don't even know how, like, are you allowed to call teams to say, hey, I'd like to work out for you? Like, who initiates that process? Like, when the Golden State Warriors say, hey, Reed, we want to work you out. Yeah. Do you go through, I guess at the time he was at Stanford, do you go through the Stanford? I I don't know all those inner workings. Yeah. I'm glad now, though, that they changed it where an agent can be involved. I do feel bad as – as slimy as the agency business is, yeah. and you feel bad, and there's <laughs> poaching of clients left and right, and there's some really good agents, good people that are agents. There's some real slime balls too, right. but but that okay, you know, if if they want to be involved, they can be. Now I'll, I'll feel bad when an agent, if he's footing the bill. I mean, mm. we saw a number of kids decided to go back to school, right? Mm. I mean, any number of examples of kids who went through the process went back to school. So their agents, in all likelihood, footed the bill, right? They right. paid all this money. Right. I guess the hope is the kid then circles back to you 
Right. The next year. And, I mean, that's business. But no I mean, guarantees. I mean, right. There's nothing signed. I mean, no guarantees. None at all. But, I mean, also that's, you know, I guess hazards of or the art of war or whatever you want to call it. That's uh, it's the hazards of business and those are risks that you are will- you should be willing to, willing to take if you believe in a kid. I also think that um, – I think that's good for the kids. It also – it gets a commitment to a degree from an agent. It kind of shows their – it makes them show their hand a little bit more in those situations. So, you know, you get a lot of times where these agents are just – I don't want to say filling quotas, but, you know, they're just – they come – I've seen agents watch a dude two times, and all of a sudden they're trying to sign them with the in, with the express intent of trying to send them to a certain place in Europe or a certain, certain fit for them to fulfill a relationship or an obligation in a relationship. So, uh, yeah, I like the idea of, you know, if, if they should want to pay for it. To me, if you have a, a 20-year-old kid coming out, the priority should be on the kids, like. Yes. These are these are but not, it's not grown right? men. I it's, mean, it's all about the NCAA, right? Right. I mean, even for them to allow this, I think, was a shock to many. Like, on the NCAA, like, even when you were at Wisconsin, like, how many rules did you have to follow? There's and so- it's crazy, right? Like, if you wanted to go out for a meal, I guess your coach then was Bo Ryan. If Bo Ryan wanted to take you, Jordan Taylor, out for dinner, yeah, not happening. he can't pay, right? Like, you can go out to dinner, yeah. but he technically can't grab the bill. Right. That's just outrageous. It's stupid, <laughs> it's, right? It's, it's moronic. Outrageous. It's outrageous. Yeah, pick whatever descriptive word you want. It's yeah. it's mind boggling, it right? Is. It just it doesn't make sense. It, it is, and I think you just have to eradicate with some of those. There's there's a, there is a certain level of common sense that should be adhered to. I think I understand the people, the other side. You know, it's a slippery slope when you when you allow those things, but it's. Uh, most most people that are getting are going to get paid are going to get paid whether the rules are there or not. So <laughs> I think people, some people that I've talked to, conversations that I've had feel like are kind of ignorant to what actually goes on in a lot a lot of times. And I, I mean, I'm not here to you know talk about who gets paid and what, but it, well, it obviously but we know happens. it's happening. We know right? it's happening, right? It's yeah. absolutely happening. So. I mean. You know, I, I saw a piece the other day that this is the 25-year anniversary of the movie Blue Chips. Oh. <laughs> and you think about, like, all the happenings Quite. in that movie. Duffel bag. And really? I mean, maybe the duffel bag doesn't exist anymore. Maybe it's, yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's, you know, ATM cards now Electro- or whatever. Yeah, Technology's yeah. changed. Electronic but duffel bag. You think about everything that took place in the movie Blue Chips, and a lot of that is still happening 25 years later. Yeah. It's like it's reality. Yeah. It's happening with some universities yeah. and some coaches Without and some programs. Right. Without going down a rabbit hole, too, I think that uh, what you see in movies is like uh, either a foreshadowing of Hollywood knows something we don't. That's that's my conspiracy <laughs> theory for today. <laughs> All these alien movies coming out and stuff, yeah. these doomsday movies, I'm making me nervous. But. All right. Before we get to Doomboya, did you play for the Badgers assistant? And there's no easy segue, but Coach yeah. Moore, yeah. you know, losing his wife, yeah. losing his daughter in a tragic car accident in the last, what, week plus or so. Yeah. How well do you know the family? How well do you know Coach Moore? Yeah. Um, they So Coach Gar recruited me, but uh, and Coach Gar's family, I, it's a tight-knit community. Coach Moore, obviously Wisconsin is... We didn't have we don't have a ton of black kids on the team, just plain and simple. So Coach Moore and 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 Jen, they you know they take care of us. As soon as I stepped on campus, it was uh me, Rob, and Ryan, and they take care of everybody. It's not it's not I don't want to make it sound like a race thing or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you know there's just a, I think there's a little bit of a different connection there. Um, 
And, you know, I remember my freshman year from summertime. You know, it's, it's tough, that transition, tougher than people think. And they took us in, whatever we needed, invited us to the house. Um, Jarrell, know Jarrell really well. He used to be quiet, like didn't say much. Um, and, you know, he, he was really – really brave in that situation and helping coach Mark out of the car and, and uh, just kind of coming through the way he did. But it was something where you don't really have, you don't really have many words for just cause it's like, I don't know. It hits, it, it hits close to home. It makes you sick for, for coach Moore. It makes you kind of scared to, to drive a car, to be honest for, in my situation uh, for at least for a little bit. Certainly late um, at night. Late for sure. It's just it, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's it I don't I don't even know. I'll stutter over my words. So I, I really don't have much to say about it. But it was uh, yeah. He was. They take care of people. It's honestly, genuinely, some of the most positive people I've ever met. Happy people. You could tell they were in love. Uh, always had a, always put a smile on your face. Always had a smile on their face. Um, so. It's just it's a reminder that life, I mean, simply life is is not fair. Yeah. It just isn't. Have you been able to be in touch with Coach Moore or anybody close to the family or close to the program just to get some updates? Uh yeah, I have so Wisconsin, like I said, it's tight knit, so you know, Joe Krabenhoff is I'm pretty close with and he's, you know, sent me some messages, giving me some updates and you know, I got a phone call from him and um you know, they try and keep the information as tight as possible until you know. I think Wisconsin will release it, so I don't want to you know go into Absolutely. go into that too much. But yeah, um, said that Coach Moore is in good spirits, which somehow does not surprise me. It's unthinkable that that he would be right now, but also doesn't surprise me. So it's a. Uh, but he's know. aware. I mean, he knows that he lost his wife and his daughter. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, uh, yep, yeah. yep. Jeez. All right, no easy segue. You're right. Yeah, Sekou yeah. Dumboya, your teammate yeah. this past season. <clears throat> he's now stateside, right? Yep. Stationed in Dallas, but he's going to start working out here or already is working out for, for NBA teams. Educate yeah. us. Tell us about Dumboya, who a lot of Wolves fans, I'm telling you, Jordan, <laughs> a lot of Wolves fans are like, give me that guy. Hopefully he gets to pick 11. Yeah. Hopefully the Wolves don't trade pick 11. That's their guy, even though most – and, heck, I'm guilty too, right? Yeah, Like, yeah. I see this potential, and I see this teenager, and I'm like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. I wouldn't know if he was in the studio with us right yeah, now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I'm guilty just like a lot of fans. But, but yeah, I mean, you watch the YouTube clips, and everybody looks good in a YouTube clip, yeah, right? Yeah. But you watch the clips, and you're like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> like, just hoping that, okay, he doesn't go pick eight to Atlanta or Washington to pick nine, right? Yeah. Like just find a way to get to pick 11. So educate us about Dumboya. Man, I, I could talk for, for a while on Sekou, so I'll try and keep it short. He's um he's only 18, just turned 18, right? So he would have been a high school senior this year, um, which is crazy to me. It, it was hard for me to kind of put that into context when he'd be on the court. You know, as a point guard, he's still very raw, so – he started playing basketball at like 13, so he's very raw. 13? 13 years old. Where's he from? He's, he's from, from Nigeria? He, no, he's from uh, Guinea. Guinea, okay. From Guinea. Um, so he didn't start playing. Didn't, didn't pick up a basketball until 13? 13 when he played organized wow. basketball. And uh, he's got good feet because, you know, soccer is the thing over there. Mm-hmm. So he's got good feet. Um, like I said, he if he can get his body together. It's actually crazy how good of an athlete he is because his body is still not there in terms of his, he needs to get his core stronger and needs to get his feet better in terms of discipline. 
um, you know, just catch-and-shoot situations, being able to get your feet down, get your feet set, and, you know, get the ball in there. Just fundamental stuff, you know. Um, when he gets when he gets all that down, he I think he could be an all-star. And this is me, uh, kind of my bias. You're, you're a mere coffee bias. I got to say Kudim Boya bias. Sure. But, but you see <clears throat> it, right? Like, he just turned 18. He scored 30-something in one of your last games. Yeah, he had 34. So Got to work on all that stuff you just said, and he's still scoring thirty-four points in a game. Yeah, well, he's he's an absolute skywalker, and he's uh, <coughs> excuse me, he's um like seven seven four seven three wingspan or something like that, and he's still. I was trying to tell him, you know, just little things like you can back up on a guy like he's guarding me and he's getting close to me, and I was like, I can run by you, but if you take a step back, you might block my shot if I shoot a jumper, and I'm not. I really can't do much with you, and I'm a twenty nine year old man just kind of in awe of this. Um, and he's he's a kid, but you know I think he's he's really raw. Like I said, not to be redundant, but if he uh, he needs to work on I think a specific offensive skill set. I kind of see him as a more guard oriented version of Pascal Siakam. I think Siakam Siakam's handle isn't all there. I think Sekou could uh, has a better handle naturally. Like he's got a I think he's got a better touch, softer touch with his shot. Jeez. Um, I mean, there's people listening right now just salivating. Right? Yeah, I mean. Like you're comparing him to Siakam? I mean. <laughs> it's just because every, everything he does, he'll be able to guard four positions. He'll be able the, the one thing I'll say that Six he, feet eight? Like a legit six, six feet, feet eight? Six feet eight, six feet nine, legit. Maybe yeah. still growing even. Possibly, yeah. You could, I don't know if um, you ever seen some of those tall kids. Like my godson was like this. He was a really pudgy baby. And then he just stretched out. You know what I mean? That you could tell Sekou was like that and he's just he probably he might get to six ten. Six like You were a lanky baby. <laughs> yeah. But you could just tell like and you could tell with his makeup, he's kinda got um a I compared him to Giannis in his body type in the sense that Giannis was very kind of skinny and but he, you could tell he had room to fill out and you could tell he had room to get really strong. And Sekou has that same ability. Where he's got some like baby fat almost, and if he turns that into muscle, gets his core right, moves laterally better, he's I, he's got a uh, he's got everything. Out of the players I've seen, I haven't seen many players in this draft who have more raw potential. So, I mean, heck, so you're bringing up Giannis's name, you're bringing up Siakam. <laughs> That's dangerous, right? <laughs> he's not getting to pick eleven, is he? It, I, he might, he might, because he is a project. That's his downside. Like he, I think, like I said, I'm biased. He could get there. He also, if he doesn't work, he could end up back in Europe in three years. So, and I think that's kind of the danger. But he has the work ethic. He loves. And you practice with him every day. Yeah, he's he's the type of kid where he loves to be in the gym. I don't think he knows how to work yet, and that's what when you know scouts have asked me. um, But he wants to work. So what I mean by that is, we would have practice. And we'd get done hour and a half. He'd go change. He'd go put his street clothes on, then sit there. Next thing you know, he's. I'd go to take a shower. He's back in the gym shooting. And but he's sometimes he'll go back in there and shoot half court shots and do stuff like that. So I think when he gets, hopefully, he goes to a good situation where you know he's got good vets who teach him how. You know, you need to be in here for sixty minutes. And you need to work on this. After that, do whatever you want. Right. So I think when he gets that um, that mindset paired with kind of his because he loves the game. Pair that with the with the with the knowledge, how to work, how to play. Then you could be you could be something for sure. Do you see a situation where you're like, okay, I wish 
I hope that he lands there. I mean, whether it's, you know, after the Wolves, you know, whether it's Charlotte or Detroit, or maybe it's Atlanta picks eight and 10, or Washington pick nine, or Chicago pick seven, Phoenix pick six. I mean, is there a situation where you're like, okay, I know that he'd really succeed there? You know, I think that you just kind of hope that I don't have a ton of inside information on NBA organizations, unfortunately. So, I, I mean, the, like a team like the Spurs is what you hope sure, for for someone yeah. like him. But there are Yeah, other, that's the easy answer for just right. about everybody in that position. Exactly. But there are other organizations, I think, that – I think even like uh, – I don't think New Orleans will – I think they probably don't have a pick in his range. But no. I think New Orleans is a better organization than people give him credit for from what I've seen or what I've heard. Well, and David Griffin was a phenomenal hire. Yeah. leading the way. Uh, yeah. And New Orleans – Trust me, I mean, Wolves fans are excited right now for, for many reasons, but New Orleans is another team in the West as you're looking right. at the landscape of the West and trying to figure out if you're a Wolves fan, okay, and if you're a Wolves employee, you know, just how do you jump up? Right. And you got to jump all these teams. I think New Orleans is in that boat, too. Right. We're keeping an eye on New Orleans, especially with Zion. Even if they end up trading Anthony Davis, they'll right. get a few good players in return for right. Davis. Right. You've got Drew Holiday. You've got Zion. You've got David Griffin. Right. running the front office. He just hired this phenomenal trainer. Right. The infrastructure is, is going to be in place there in New Orleans. Right. I'm you, with you. you that think, is a really good organization now. Right, right. And so you think, I would hope that, I also hope Sekou goes to kind of a city where he'll be comfortable. Because um, just from personal experience, going to Europe, sometimes it's a culture shock. Or not sometimes, it is a culture shock. Sure. So I think, you know, going maybe somewhere even with like an African population, I think would help him, uh, a bigger African population. I think you'd be more comfortable um, I, t- I actually told him Minnesota's got a, a bigger African population than he thinks. So, mm-hmm. so I, and I think I think little things like that help guys, especially an 18 year old kid. So maybe it's a I don't know maybe Dallas or Hugh, I, I don't know I don't know specifically city demographics, but things like that I think will be important. A good vet, um, a city where he'll be comfortable in terms of like them, he'll be able to meet people who are like him. Um, things like that. Good coach. All that. So we'll just see. I think the Timberwolves are going in the right direction with that, though. So Yeah, and, and seems when like. you bring up the Wolves in Minnesota, I mean, when you're talking to him on the phone or you're talking to him in person, I mean, is there any sort of genuine excitement about the potential of him landing here? Yeah, I think so. I think he would be happy to be here. I think he he always he the only thing he said was it's cold up here. So it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just uh, Breaking le- news. Leg- right, legitimate gripe, right? So but yeah, he seemed he seemed excited about he's again he's eighteen, so he's probably just excited to get drafted. But uh, I think I think he'd be I think he'd like it here. Um, I think he like being around that younger group and you know playing like guys like Wiggins and whether it's G League or whatever whatever he needs. I think I think he'd enjoy it here. Jordan, thanks for doing this. Let's hey. do it again. This was fun. Hey, I agree. Let's time. do it again. You're in town for what Definitely. another handful of yeah weeks, till guess, August couple months. Yeah, I'll be here. Yep. So, so yeah, until I'd you head to. back over to France, let's let's absolutely do this again. Definitely, I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. The one, the only Jordan Taylor, great guard at the University of Wisconsin, Mister Basketball, Benilde St. Margaret's, led Benilde St. Margaret's to a state championship, and he's made one heck of a living playing for multiple teams overseas. On his guy, Dumboya. The word is Dumboya will spend some time here in Minnesota with the Wolves early the week of June 10th. Early the week of June 10th. Jonathan Wasserman, who does a great job covering the draft. In fact, I'll try to track him down at some point for the podcast, maybe after the draft if it works out, or who knows, maybe beforehand. Anyway, he does great work for Bleacher Report. He reports that Dumboya, over the weekend, 
did a pro day, had a pro day with a bunch of NBA representatives there. So the Wolves absolutely will have eyeballs on Dumboya from multiple angles. Certainly a guy to keep in mind if the Wolves, in fact, stay at pick 11 because with Kobe White in town late last week, I think you need to move up for Kobe White. I just don't see a scenario where he falls to pick 11. Now, I've been surprised before, so maybe he falls, but I think he would have to move up to get Kobe White. And Gerson Rosas is on the record saying he is going to explore moving up in this draft. But certainly, Sekou Domboya is a name to know. We are done. This has been Scoop Podcast episode 235. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. At the Home Depot, we have Black Friday savings all through November. And with that comes a joyful holiday bustle that we just love to hear. Although we also love the sound that comes after the holidays. When people put their new tools to use. In fact, we love it so much. When you buy select Milwaukee M18 kits, you'll get an extra tool for free. So after you're done filling the air with holiday magic, you can fill it with the sounds of doing. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.